This morning, I want to know maybe if any of you have ever felt a little beat down, having a little bit of a hard time, like some of the things that you've had have been taken away. You feel stripped. Anybody ever felt stripped? This morning, we're going to go from stripped to equipped. All right? We're going to start just because, you know, we know how we think, how we feel about things. I like words. So the word stripped or it's, it's past tense of the word strip. What's the definition of strip before it goes up on the screen? Anybody know? Taken away. Let's put the definition up. Remove all coverings from. Mm. Okay. That's tough, right? How many of y'all remember being the kid, laying in bed, it's time to get up, go to school? Maybe none of y'all had mean parents like me, but my mean parents would come into the room and, yoop, there goes the covers. Your bed was stripped, all coverings removed. Yeah? Anybody else been there? Okay, good. All right. A few of you are, are with me this morning. I'm going to go through a couple of scenarios in the Bible where people were stripped. We're going to go to the Word of God, and we're going to first start out in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. What's, what's sift mean? Anybody know what sift means before we go further? To shake up? Let's put the definition up. To separate the grain from the chaff. What's the chaff? The chaff is the husk around the seed. Maybe you'd call that a covering. So we're going from stripped, all coverings removed. Satan came and is talking to Jesus about Simon Peter and said, I've got to have you. I'm going to tear him down. And I'm going to take it all away. I'm going to sift him like wheat. I'm going to take away all his coverings. Then in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that, So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. To be tossed around, to be sifted, to be removed from what is true and get caught up in a scheme and buy something that's not real. Some of you have a calling in your life that you feel has been stripped from you. I got proof that it's not done yet. We're going to get there. But we got to start here and realize some of the things that have been taken from us, the promises that have been given to us that haven't been fulfilled yet. One thing 
in this stripped to equipped thing where I kind of wanted to start out is pastor was talking last week a little bit about the Great Commission and how it's our job to, to spread the gospel, right? But it's not just about the pastor. It's not just about the staff and it's not just the platform. All of us have a role to play, but oftentimes we can get stripped in our own minds. We, Satan is so clever sometimes that he doesn't even have to do it anymore. He just plants a seed and we take it and we grow the plant for him. And if he can just say, I can't sing like them. I can't speak like them. I'm not called to that, so I'm inferior. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, I didn't give that to you. I wasn't sure if I was going to go here or not, so I'm going here anyway. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That sounds like equipped to me. But I also see several roles listed there. So it's not just the wonderful music or the security team or the media team or the people who serve in teaching Sunday school or the people who are serving now in children's church. What about the people who come and clean the grounds? What about the people who greet you on your way into the door? What about the people who, whether they have a title or whether they're a volunteer or not, are fulfilling what it is that God has for them to do just by saying hello? What if this church didn't greet you on the way in the door and you walked in and you sat down by yourself, you've been here no times before and you met nobody until after the music was done and the pastor was up here and maybe if you were lucky you got a chance on the way out to shake the pastor's hand. Would you come back? No, you've decided before the pastor ever preached the word, this isn't a friendly place. So don't strip yourself of what God has given you to do. It's not greater to be up here with a microphone in your hand. This can't go out if you don't do your part too. What if it was dilapidated and broke down and not clean and gross? You walked in and it smelled funny. Everything's going to throw you off. Your role, you have something to do. It's, you have a purpose. And just because we don't have the same purpose doesn't mean mine's better than yours. That's what society tries to tell you. I don't have enough followers. I didn't get enough likes on my last post. That doesn't matter. If you fulfill your role, you don't know whose life you may touch. How many Billy Grahams has the world ever known? One. I'm not called to be Billy Graham. You're not called to be Billy Graham. But what about the support staff around him? What if there was somebody that would have never gotten to know the gospel, that would have never gotten an invitation to a rally, that would have never met Jesus? You don't know how far your outreach goes because you don't know how much each one is worth, but God does. Don't strip yourself when God has come to equip you. We're going to move on to the equipped part. What does equip mean? 
It means to supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. Did you get that? Let's try again. To supply with the necessary items. Did he say miscellaneous things? Is there stuff that he puts in your life that aren't necessary? No. For a particular purpose. So I have a calling. I have a purpose. You have a calling. You have a purpose. Those things that don't quite make sense yet, he understands what he's going to do with them and why he put them in you. He has equipped you. He has a calling for you for a particular purpose. Let's go back and revisit the story in Luke. We're going to move ahead from Luke twenty-two thirty-one to twenty-two thirty-two. Luke twenty-two thirty-two says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Strip to remove all coverings from. In 2231, that's what Satan came and demanded. It didn't say he came and requested. It said he came and demanded. Anybody ever been one of those kids or had one of those kids that on the way to church, you're driving past Chick-fil-A and that kid is demanding the whole way through. We're going to Chick-fil-A. I need Chick-fil-A. I need breakfast. And you finally just get so fed up with it. You're like, fine, we'll go to Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. It don't matter if you went there or not. But you're the parent. You already knew that. But the kid came kicking and screaming. So that's what Satan did. I got to have him. I'm going to get him. Jesus like, all right. But I prayed for you, Simon Peter. I covered you. He came to try to remove the covering, but I put it there. What happened shortly after this story with Simon Peter? Jesus is talking to him. He says, even before this day is over, before the sun comes up, you'll deny me three times. But he's got a covering. How can he fail if he's got a covering? He's going to deny Jesus. What happened between that time, between when he denied Jesus before the rooster crowed? What happened? He went to the garden with Jesus and prayed, and he fell asleep. Sounds to me like a failure, does it not? But I got to tell you, failing doesn't make you a failure. Quitting does. Jesus prayed, and he already knew that Simon Peter was going to deny him. But he prayed a covering over him anyway. But what, what did he pray? What did he pray? He prayed that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. That sounds like a contradiction to me, that your faith wouldn't fail, but you denied me so that when you return. So it won't fail, but you've got to return. His faith faltered, didn't fail. Some of you have faltered, but you're here this morning, so you haven't failed, you haven't quit. He's not finished yet. He prayed a covering over you. Satan may come and try to strip you, but Jesus has equipped you. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16. See, we went back from Ephesians, now we're jumping down again. Rather, 
speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ. From the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We're here to be connected to the head. Every joint, every calling, every purpose, everything that God places in your heart for you to do, he's calling you to do because he knows what it's for. What if this little joint right here, what if it didn't work right? And you just had a finger that just flopped like that. I need that. I need to be able to, to use my fingers. But what if this joint just didn't feel significant because it wasn't the wrist or it wasn't the arm or it wasn't the heart? He's called you together for a purpose. He's equipped you because he's equipping the body. His purpose is so much higher than ours. We can't understand everything that he has planned. But it's not my job to. I don't have to be able to play the keyboard like Carrie. That's not my calling. I don't have to be able to be on the security team and lay in the shadows somewhere keeping everybody safe. That's not my calling. But I'm thankful for the people who are fulfilling their callings. I'm thankful for the people who come in and serve and clean and give a chance. I'm thankful for the people who invited you to be here today. Because we're a body. We belong together, connected to the head to build each other up. How? In love. If you come to church and you don't feel loved, something's missing. Something's wrong. We're not doing our job. We need to do better. It's not your job to save somebody. You can't. You are here to introduce to the Savior. I can't save you. This is the verse that kind of tied it together for me. Stripped to equipped. This is John 10.10. 10. It's not two different verses. It's one verse. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The enemy's plan is to strip you and to sift you and to try to destroy you. But Jesus Christ came so that you can have life. There is no caveat here. He came and gave the sacrifice so that you could know love and that you could have life more than just a little bit. It doesn't say, I came that they may serve in the church for six and a half years before I give them anything. He came and he gave. What would Jesus do? Y'all remember that? WWJD, what would Jesus do? Those bracelets? He would love first. So we've got a little, stick with me, sorry. 
We've got some bad, I need some help to pass these things out. Just a, just a couple of people. Somebody come up here and help me. And let's take and make those baskets and share these around. Let me get one of them here. Oh. Sorry for the crinkling noise. This isn't ASMR stream, I promise. Here you go. It's just a little bracelet. It says HWLF. He would love first. Because he's equipped you. That's how he equipped you. The thief came to steal from you. He came to kill you and he came to destroy you. He came to sift you and remove your covering. But Jesus prayed. Jesus loved. He came and he made the sacrifice for each and every one of us. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But, but Aaron, Jesus died a long time ago. I wasn't even born yet. I haven't even, I hadn't even committed the sins yet. That, how did that work? Because God's infinite. He's not bound by time. We are. He knew, he saw the sin. And he spread his arms out and he died. In love for you to have that sacrifice. <laughs> While we were still sinners. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We were still sinners. Just because you've had a tough week. Just because you've had some questions this week. Just because what you've been through this week is shaking you. Doesn't mean that you're a failure. Don't give up. You're being equipped for a purpose. Where'd my keyboard go? I need him back. <laughs> If you didn't get a bracelet yet, let us know real quick. Just slip your hand up and we'll bring it to you. There we go. A couple more. Thank you guys for helping. In this, I just want, I, I, for me, I like it when the Bible kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. I do because it helps me grow. It hurts my toes, but then it's okay. I, I can come back because... It doesn't mean I'm a failure because I haven't gotten where I want to be yet. It just means I got more work to do. There was a song that we used to sing as, as little kids. As it took just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Yeah, I, I still believe that. I'm a work in progress. I'm not finished yet. He's not done with me yet. So... In this, I want you to know that if you feel stripped, if you feel let down, if you feel burdened, it's okay. God's not done yet. He's equipping you, and he gave you what he needed you to have right now for a specific purpose. And he needs you to fulfill that. There's, a, there's another verse I want to read. It's Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. This is what I'm calling the benediction. Then we're going to have a little bit of time where we can kind of help build one another up in love and prayer, okay? But this is what I'm going to call the benediction. So read this out with me, if, if you would, please. It says, 
Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.